Hey guys, it's Kurt here. Uh, a quick pre-introduction to this week's episode. This week, there was a really cool podcast that came out from the makers of Serial, which we mentioned in our special Tripod episode a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's called S-Town. Melissa and I were so excited for this, we started listening right away. Uh, we ended up listening to it in tandem on the way to and from state together. It is an excellent podcast that we highly recommend. But the reason I'm bringing it up is it was the inspiration for today's episode because it is creative storytelling in a format that just hasn't been seen before. And so that made us think about things that inspire us to tell great stories and to do forensics better. And we totally failed to even mention that in our conversation uh, that is about to happen that you're about to listen to. Uh, let's all take that as a sign that it is definitely time to take a break from forensics and maybe to have our Sunday nights back for a little bit. But we'll get into that in the episode. Enjoy. Judges Judge ready? ready? Melissa, why so pensive today? Well, the forensic season has come to an end, and I'm like in that weird place where I'm excited to have free time, but I'm also unsure if I remember how to have a life without tournaments every weekend. I think a lot of people feel that way. Do you feel that way? I'm definitely ready for it to be over, but I am already thinking about next year. It's a never-ending cycle. Yeah. Yeah. This week, Kurt and I will discuss the things that aren't forensics-related that still inspire us to be better coaches and strive for excellence. This, this is Forensics Faces. How's it going, Kurt? Um, it's good. I I I had a day off, unlike you. Yeah. So I got to enjoy my Sunday without any other obligations. Um, other than making it up to John that I was not here for his birthday yesterday. Instead, I was with you for your birthday. Yay! Happy birthday. Thanks. Belatedly. Yes. I got to spend my birthday with all of my friends. Yeah. Which was delightful. Because you put on a party hat for me. I did. And that's a true sign of friendship. Mm -hmm. But and you made I sure to put it on jauntily without ruining your hair. Mm-hmm. And then I wore it like a unicorn. And it was amazing. Also, Steve, <laughs> Steve Schmidt was like, I was told him I was taking my hat off to go to the award ceremony since we stand on stage to live tweet. Mm -hmm. And he said that I should leave it on and wear it like a unicorn. And I was like, oh, Steve, Kurt already did that. Aww. And he looked at me with wide eyes. He's like, he did? And I was like, you were in the room. And he's like, I must have been busy. I was like, or just not paying attention. Yeah. Also, Steve, I'm, it's our podcast. Still going to call you out for being mean to me about complimenting you. I know. I can't believe he didn't find that to be just like the biggest compliment in the world. I know. But apparently I his did. wife decided that we were wrong and that well, they're chocolate lab people. So she oh, believes that he's more chocolate lab okay. than golden retriever. Well, here's a secret about me that's not a secret, which is I'm not a dog person. <laughs> so I don't actually know the different personality traits of different breeds of dog. Golden retriever sounded good to me. Thank you. So, because it's the right one. I don't. I I have no opinion. But it was a delight to see him and it all was. the other people since we and were technically tournament staff yeah, yesterday. So, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, yesterday was our state tournament. WMCA State twenty seventeen hashtag. So we uh, had quite the day, quite yeah. a long day, um, and bit of a day. We're, we are about to talk about it for probably a little while. Yeah. So if you Great. don't care about that. Sorry. Skip ahead a bit. 
And we'll probably still be talking about we'll it, but we'll, near, we'll be near the tail end. So, WFCA State 2017. Yes. We do an overnight. Yep. But Whitewater doesn't have a lot of lodging options. They don't. Beautiful so, campus, though. Yes, it's a great campus. Great. And I really, again, enjoyed being there. But we stayed in... Yep. At a lovely... Oh, see, now I'm sad you told people about it. Sorry. Because I already told a couple people, and I was like, ooh, I might be telling too many people, and we might not get rooms there next year. Okay, well... I hated the hotel. I the might, staff was so I might mean. bleep out the name when you do say it. it. Do it. <laughs> because like, yeah, like we it was, it was a- such a great location. And what was great about it is I felt like, first of all, the rooms were really nice and clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a pool, which the yep. kids enjoyed. And it's like off the highway. So it's really convenient to get to. But you don't have to cross a highway to get to like a bunch of restaurants. Yeah, there's a lot of food options near it. Yeah, that you can walk to and mm-hmm. that we can safely assume kids will get to and from without dying. Yep. And Saturday morning breakfast started at 6 a.m. We didn't even have to ask. Nope. And it's included. Yeah, you definitely have to bleep this. The more we're bragging about it, yep. we're bleeping it out. Yep. We're not telling I, you. <laughs> we're bleeping out. If you were one of the lucky people who talked to me on Saturday, I gave away the actual name yes. and location. Um, so, But we stayed overnight so that way we could sleep in a little bit on mm-hmm. Saturday, unlike some of our competitors yes. and friends. And then, yeah, we both worked for the handsome, wonderful, amazing duo that is John and Elliot, our mm-hmm. state tournament co-directors on Saturday. Yeah. So I uh, was able, I'm already yawning. I have no excuse. You have no excuse. I I wish you all could feel the intense hatred burn (laughs) I just sent across the table. I hate you. Sorry, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm tired because I didn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) We're not talking about what I did today. We're talking about yesterday. Yeah, we, but you worked hard yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes and no. So I uh, once again this year I was uh, on the TPP c- panel. Panel, for, yeah. TPP for the, panel for the uh, tournament. Uh, so I sat with Deb Wiretross and Dave Harper and Carrie Baker, and it is our job simply to be present, uh, but otherwise not involved with a lot of what's going on, mm-hmm. so that if a complaint or a rule violation is brought to our attention, we're not. Like, we don't know that much about it. We're hearing it right from the person who should be telling us about it. So we spent a lot of time just kind of like in this room by ourselves. Um, and I was bad at that part of it. I, mm. I did a lot of wandering. Um, but I was also tweeting for the tournament. So I yeah. felt like I needed to like go you had see to be involved. What, was, what was happening um, without necessarily like being involved with what was having, happening in tab. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so, so I got to spend the day in TPP. Uh, and we did not have nearly as many complaints or questions or rule violations this year. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them were a pretty simple determination of, yes, a rule was broken or no, it wasn't. Or mm-hmm. we, a lot of them fell into that gray area of like, we don't like that this happened, but according to the rules, it's not against the rules mm-hmm. which i'm sure we'll discuss at so the spring meeting. yeah i was gonna say so it's not we didn't have a lot of them this year but they're all a lot of them were in that weird gray area that i think will result in some possible rule changes or rule amendments in the near future because um, some of them really could like could have very simply been um, updated in a way that would have made our jobs a lot easier that day and there would have been no deliberation because the common sense thing that we think the rule means, it would actually say. Yeah. And then we'd be able to say like, oh, the rule actually says that. 
Um, whereas I, I, I don't want to give away too much and I don't want to cause a firestorm, yeah. but like, I will say, I think there were some kids who got away with some stuff yesterday. Um, stuff that none of us liked, but we, for the most part agreed, well, we can't mm-hmm. kick them out because mm-hmm. it doesn't expressly say that they can't, that they can't do it. Or in one, one part of the rule, it might say one thing. And then two rules later, it says something else that kind of contradicts the other thing huh. in the specific situation that we were discussing. And it was like, huh, Very well, interesting. when one rule count, like, contradicts the other, which one, which one wins? So to find out what we're talking about, because I don't know what these things are. No, nope, and uh, I, it's not my place to yeah, talk so about Yeah, so make them. sure you come to the spring meeting hosted here in yeah. Sheboygan, yeah, May you, 6th. And listen to that. Yeah. Listen to that TPP report because mm-hmm. it will uh, detail all of it. And I am willing to bet that it will lead to some discussion. And I am certain uh, that uh, at least one of the exec board members is going to be taking action to try to update some of those rules. So, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I worked the intake table at the University Center, which was the intake table right outside of the main hub of tabulation. So I got to field some of those. And this year we were just under the instructions that the second anyone brought it up to not ask any other questions and walk them directly up to begin filling out a form with all of the official information on it. And so got my steps in doing that, but I got to hang out with Amy Geiser from Marquette and Mm. Doris Sexton from West Bend. And it was a delight. Such a good table. It was a great table. That's a good group of people. Also Rita, I think she's from Madison West. I think that's where she's from. Yes. Yes. She was talking about John Rademacher a lot. So I assume that's what it was, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it was, it was just a, a lovely powerhouse table of women. Doris and I did a lot of making Amy blush and we, we worked out our system and I love, I just love having a system. And yeah, I really enjoy working intake. I like getting to see, I feel like I see more coaches when yeah. you work intake because you, they have to come see you on purpose. Yeah. And so, and it's a, it's a generally pleasant situation. Yeah. At <laughs> least like, yeah. I don't want to see coaches. Yeah. You don't want to see anyone. TPP. But yeah. And then it, I feel like it's important in pro, being the program assistant chair. There are some names I got to put to email addresses, Yeah, which was really nice. And also being like accessible to my students is very helpful right. to me because we had a lot of people at, for at state for their first time. Yeah. I, yeah. I will say that I really didn't see my kids at all yesterday, which is one of the downsides of helping yeah. out with the tournament is, um, you know, even if you're not sequestered, like I was, you really don't get to go just like find your kids yeah, and, and check on them. Or- like I, I saw them exactly once in between oh. the morning when they got dropped off at the, campus and the afternoon when we all got on the bus that was like one time you say afternoon i would label that as the evening evening. it was the straight up evening all right did we miss what is on our list here things all right well first of all i would just like to point out that jim disrude who is the uh, forensics coach at uw whitewater who is our tournament host that's what we call Mm -hmm. him and site coordinator coordinator um made a point of like predicting that this podcast is going to be mostly about the state tournament. Mm -hmm. And so he was like trying to bribe me. He was like, what can I get for you? I was going to have like a a VIP lounge set up for you. Um, And I was like, it's not the thought that counts. Um, Because there was not a VIP lounge. (laughs) um, I was like, where is our VIP lounge? But like, this is the type of stuff he's telling to me. In the back of my mind, I'm also thinking like, Jim Disrude, do you not know that like, just saying you listen to the podcast is enough to make me blush and also get a shout out on the podcast? Like, all you have to do is be like, 
I'm a fan. And I'll be like, oh, okay, oh my God. All right, Jim Disserud. Okay. See, <laughs> while he was offering you VIP treatment. Oh no. At the beginning of the day. What's happening? I, What's coming? I am a earth conscious person. Whenever I work intake, I always put a recycling bin at the intake table next to wherever we're putting critique collections. So that way we can recycle all of the papers that get that are the excess papers from judging in a tournament. So at the beginning of the day, Jim stopped at the table and asked if there was anything we needed. So I asked if there was a blue bin around, a blue recycling bin, for us to put behind the table to recycle with. And he said that he would get right on that. And he let the entire day pass while it just became like a joke that he was right on it and he was going to take care of it. So I like that he knew to bribe you and just treat me like dirt. Oh, no. So, well, um, this wasn't the shout out I thought you were getting, Jim, but here but it is. I, I did. But we were I mean, there was a recycling receptacle nearby to us that I was I just was forced to walk to on a regular basis <laughs> in order to make sure I did my part to save Mother Earth while apparently no one else cared. And that's fine. But yeah, I guess other than that, he was relatively nice. He was delightful. He's great. Jim, He's you're great amazing. He's great and so helpful, and we are so appreciative of all the work that he does mm-hmm. to get us all of those rooms and all that space at UW-Whitewater. And Whitewater, in my opinion, has been a really wonderful, gracious host for us the last they two have. years. So thank you to them. Thank you to Jim Disrude. Thank you to the, the staff at UW-Whitewater. Thank you to the students at UW-Whitewater yes. who volunteered mm-hmm. uh, to sell t-shirts and help give directions. And step and, in to judge. And step in to judge when necessary. It was. It's also appreciated. And yes, the weather was gorgeous. So You're welcome. It was my birthday present to all of you. Oh, that's who... I was like, who do we thank for the weather? I did weather? a beautiful weather dance Yesterday morning, as I was getting ready, it's mm-hmm. very complicated, involves minor nudity. And yeah, it, it really worked. Good. At one point, it was like 60 plus degrees. I was like, and as I was sitting inside, at one point, John was going to walk to check out and prompt. I was like, I'll walk with you. I just want to go outside. Yeah. Even for like half of an actual block, it I'll was, go outside with you. It was it was really nice. I did I did a morning walk with John Peschel where it was like still a little chilly, but still mm-hmm. like just really nice out. Um, and then I walked with Elliot and John and Jim to the award ceremony at the end of the day. And like it was funny to see Elliot walk outdoors and be like, oh, it's a really nice day out. Like, <laughs> this is what it's out, yeah, like, like outside of, of the you, walls. Of course you don't know what it's like outside. You've been trapped in a room all day. And like, guys, you really should know that. Like, Elliot basically sat in front of a computer for 12 hours yesterday to make sure that the tournament went off without a hitch. Yes. So when we talk about him being trapped in a room, like, I sort of mean that literally. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how dedicated he is to making sure that everything happens on time. And in between rounds of entering uh, results, there's like this list of things he has to get done to to be one step ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so thank you, uh, Elliot. And then John does a lot of the things that require the running. The yeah, he's just walking everywhere. He is, he is constantly on the move. Um, and so th- they both do such a great job and so much work. And yeah, we are undeserving that, of now them. Now that we've had co-directors, it's hard for me to think about one how, person. Yeah. Like how would one person do that without having basically their own entourage? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you got to hug a human bird monster. Oh my freaking gosh. Okay. <laughs> I understand. I just sound so angry on this episode. Sorry, guys. Um, I'll be excited in a little bit later down the list. Um, So because it was my birthday, I brought a cake 
and I had and I have a huge forensics mom bag full of like necessities and things for my students. And I also had my like birthday treat supplies, party hats. And if you want to know what this mom bag looks like, basically find any female coach <laughs> in the WFCA and look at what bag they're carrying. Because I swear, all like, have the same. Yeah, sixteen female coaches yeah. in the WFCA have this bag. But I, so I'm carrying all of these things. I'm the last person off the bus, and I'm like walking to catch up with one of my students to ask them a question. So I literally have a cake in my left hand and I have a bag in the crook of the elbow of my left arm and a huge bag in my right hand and I'm like trying to like truck it to make sure I get to registration and She's start working. She's doing such good trucking Thank emotions, you. guys. And then all of a sudden this giant bird man steps in front of me and without asking for consent oh, hugs no. me because my arms are out in a manner that looks like I want to <laughs> hug. And so he hugs me and I'm not prepared for it. And he bumps my cake against the side of the carrier. And then I'm just so flabbergasted by being hugged by this giant bird. Cause it's friggin' seven 30 in the morning. And I was just like, cool. Thank you. <laughs> Whatever your name, it's, the Warhawk. So it's Willie the Warhawk. Willie the Warhawk. Who is the mascot for UW Whitewater, just in case people were concerned about this giant bird monster. Um, and I just, I don't do well with mascots. Like, they kind of freak me out. Yeah. So, like, as he exited the tab room and was, like, walking down that ramp, mm-hmm. and I was just standing there at registration with John Peschel, like, I just froze. <laughs> and John was like, what? Like, if you don't move, we can't see you. Yeah. <laughs> Stay very still. They'll never know you're yeah. here. Um, he can taste your fear. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, 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 I don't love um, team mask. I don't, I don't love humans dressed in animal clothes. Well, then it's a good like, thing you're not a furry. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. That <laughs> so I did have to high five Willie because I was trying to be a good sport about it. And he like stood in front of me with his hand out. And I was like, well, I have a choice to make right now. <laughs> well, that's, you're be, a very good sport to have high five the mascot. Yeah, I can be that guy who's like, no, that's not happening. Or I could just like high five this poor college student who is uh, very Trying enthusiastically so welcoming us to his school. And I went with the latter. Okay. Well, things that don't make me cranky, but still cause a lot of emotion in me. Every year I forget how emotional I get during the award ceremony at state Yeah, because I get emotional during the hints award because they're like, well, one last year you got it. And I knew ahead of time and had to keep the secret and was just standing there like, like just sobbing pretty much. And then like, but it's always people that I respect and admire. And so that gets me emotional. And then when they give out the scholarships and then like that makes me emotional and then it's kids reacting to becoming state champions. And so I just like, I do a lot of crying. Yeah. You did do a lot of crying. And I feel like I did more this year than normal, which I think is like part of my sleep level, part of my emotional state, but also just like, it was just a very like, I don't know. I really like the energy of this award ceremony. Yeah. Like it just felt like everyone was there and committed and no one was jerkish. And I just really mm-hmm. liked it. And I do think like it's another uh, part of being at Whitewater that I really like is that we're on an actual stage. Yeah. In an actual theater mm-hmm. where like the lights can go down. Yeah. And like we can have that moment of like honoring the Hintz Award winner and mm-hmm. honoring the scholarship recipients. Um, we, you know, we're not just in a, a large gym, which yeah. is, which was the case at Ripon. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it feels like there's some more pomp and circumstance yeah. to the ceremony, which, which I'm I, sure we talked about last really year like. too. Yeah. But yeah, so this year, uh, you got to give the hints to yes. the inimitable Tom Harden. Yeah. Like what a cool thing. I to know. Do. And I didn't, Realize I, I had forgotten that that was something I would have that to do. That you got to do. Yeah. Um, so, oopsies, I just 
picked up papers and touched the mic. With it. <laughs> um, so like Elliot, it was actually like one o'clock in the afternoon. Elliot was like, and you know, you have to do this. Right. And I was like, ha ha, April fools. <laughs> <laughs> And I was literally like wearing the birthday hat, like all silly on my head. And I was like, you're joking. And he's like, no, I'm not joking. And I was like, oh, crap, that's right. That's how that works. Mm -hmm. So I took the birthday hat hat off off and went and and, put the speechwriter hat on. Yeah. Well, fortunately, um, I had chaired the awards committee when I was past president. Uh So I actually had on my Google Drive a whole speech basically written out for the person who had won the Hints Award when I was the past president. Because back then I didn't know that it was the Hints person who had. So like mm. I wrote it back then and then basically gave it to Ben Kroll, who then awarded it to, I think it was Elliot, who won it that year. Nice. Um, so I went, I found that document. It had all the stuff about William Hints in it. Then I just had to write stuff uh, and like... Deb, who is the past president now, had done the same thing I had done, written a whole thing about Tom Harden. So I took a lot of the stuff that she had written about Tom and then just added my own little style and flair and personal comments. And then boom. Yeah. 20 minutes later, I had a speech for Mm -hmm. the Hints Award. And I I really liked his acceptance speech. Yeah. He's just such a respected member of our community and he's going to be a huge loss when he retires, not just for his program, but for our entire association and our entire community. And so getting to just like, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to get emotional. That's so lame. Uh, but just getting to hear him, it was just, it was just nice. Yeah. I liked it. It was nice. That's me cutting myself off. (laughs) I was emotional and nice, but then I was too. It was, and I, as I said, when I got to give it to him, like it was a it was a cool honor. Yeah. Um, Cause I still find myself completely undeserving of the honor last year. And like, I think about like who is on either side of me with this, mm-hmm. Elliot Fisher and Tom Harden. And I'm like, do you need to wow. get a haircut? Wow. Do I need to get a haircut? Yeah. Oh, I, th- they're both, bald I get, men. I get what you mean now. They're both bald men. Maybe that's the trick. Mm-hmm. Although ahead of Elliot is is Ben, so I think you're yeah. You were just like a good medium. Yeah. Well. No, it wasn't about the hair for me. It's about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the man. Yeah, it was about like the men who have who have won this on either side of me that mm-hmm. make me feel well, again totally undeserving, um, but to like a little special on the inside because it was like wow, look at that dude. Yeah. Like look at Tom Harden coming to get the Hints Award from you from me. Weird. Right. But I do I do want to give you a special thank you for the comment that you made about how you hope to see more women getting that in the near future. Oh, I very much. Okay. You're, I, yeah, you're welcome. I really I really like that. And I also like the, the audience's reaction to you saying that. So thank I you for doing it. I was relieved. I thought about it earlier in the day and I was like, I'm probably going to say this, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think, yeah, I'm going to say it. Like, I'm and, glad and, you like, did. and I even, I went, I made a point. So the thing I said at the award ceremony was just that like every candidate this year, every nominee for the hints was a, a Mr. Mm-hmm. Mr. John Balseric and Mr. Scott Peterson and Mr. Tom Harden. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the same thing last year. And it was the same thing the year before. Um, I did look back at previous winners and like, we do have a good balance oh, of, yeah. of women it's and men. It's just not who the last couple. It. But yeah, like the last three years. The last years, one to win it was Mariah. And that was right. the year she, she, she shared she it with She shared the win Joe. with Joe Meineke. So yeah, it's been a few years since we've even nominated a female coach. And I thought that was weird and... Mm-hmm. Something that deserved some yeah. attention, but it doesn't. So. It, it doesn't any way detract from how deserving John or Scott are. No, 
It's Not just, it's all. one of those things that as you become aware of such things as our society is now doing, you, you want to, you take note of it. Yeah. But this again is not any excuse for anyone to nominate me at any time. There will always be someone more deserving than me. Thank that, you. Does, that doesn't mean you shouldn't win the thing, <laughs> but okay. Moving Whoa. on from that, we, uh, we got to be there watching the scholarship winners yeah, and one of really, them was yours. Yeah, that was a really special moment for me. Um, cause Natalie, and she, one, I don't think listens to the podcast, so That's I don't okay. think she's going to hear this. But like Natalie, is, as she pointed out to me on the bus, she's like, yeah, I was the only one who was up there who didn't advance to semifinals that day. <laughs> and like that's sort of Natalie's story in forensic. She hasn't been somebody who has traditionally been a finalist every week. This mm-hmm. year, she had more success than she's ever had as a senior in informative speaking. And I'm happy she finally got to have that experience. Mm-hmm. But she was prepared and she wrote, or I wrote about this in my letter uh, recommending her, like she was prepared at the beginning of the season to have gone all four years in forensics without ever powering once. And then she was going to buy herself a special trophy for having (laughs) achieved that. And that's the kind of like spirit and tenacity and like positivity that like, despite how nice it is to have people win, like those are the kids who keep the activity going mm-hmm. because the majority of people who do forensics are not getting up on stage every week. Yeah. They work hard um, and they stick with it, even though they're not getting the accolades. She represents that to me. Um, and she's also just like endlessly positive and kind mm-hmm. and welcoming. Um, and like, that's why we have a team Yeah, because she welcomed so many people in. That's the type of kid that I, I'm so happy to see get one of those scholarships um, and stand up next to other really deserving recipients, but who are deserving in a different way. Many of them just because of their phenomenal success in the activity. Yeah. Um, Including Bailey Harper of Denmark, who is finally a senior. Yes. Because we thought he was one when he was a freshman. Yep. Um, And... Dakota Marlega from Mm -hmm. Wapaka and Eric Bakken from Appleton North and Aaron Magoon from Sussex Hamilton. And who are we missing? Who are we missing? Rachel Uh, Benarowski. Yes. Friend of the pod. I mean, is she more of a friend or she transitioned into like the Antonio like trosses level of us using our podcast as a place to be fangirls of her? Because that's what I mean as by she friend was, of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> um, People we obsess about. Yeah. No, I and like watching because both Rachel and Dakota got emotional when hearing like the things that had been written about them. Because mm-hmm. I sort of forget sometimes that as a forensics coach, like there, there are a lot of occasions where your students are hearing more criticism and critique from you when you're giving them feedback and stuff. Right. And you're not always given the opportunity to tell them how much they mean to you and how important they are to you emotions my face is doing a thing um and so sometimes the only time kids really get to hear how you feel about them is when they're reading the recommendation letter aloud at the award ceremony yeah. so it was just it was very emotional and then i leaned over to you and said they <laughs> it looks like everyone could use a kleenex as deb was trying to yeah. get through reading about rachel and so then kurt very comedically went backstage and grabbed the kleenex box and walked it across the stage and it was a wonderful moment so. it was a good bit thank you Great job, us. Yeah. Go team. Yes. Air high fives. <laughs> but yeah, and then we got to watch Rachel take her second year in a row championship and yeah. 
Soloham, which was another very emotional moment just because she's like, she's just incredibly deserving and talented. And she's going to be another one of those where I'm like, I knew her when. Yeah. I knew her when. And hopefully she'll like let us come like when she's, you know, on Broadway being fabulous. I hope so. I mean, she literally can't stop us. Yeah. We can buy we can tickets. Do it. We'll be there. And, and then up. we're just going to be there. Be like, yeah. we know Rachel. Yeah. Miss Benderowski's so. an old friend. Yes. But, so, um, and congratulations then, uh, to all the scholarship yes. winners. And then, and, so and also to all of the state champions, there were lots of really great reactions to yes. people. And, and one really great fact that they pointed out when we were leading into the award ceremony is that of the 75 schools who went to the state tournament, 56 schools had someone in semifinals, which is just like huge, amazing representation and a testament to the talent that our association holds. Yes. So... I was just like that. Another thing that made me emotional. I was like, Oh my God, 56. That's so many. (laughs) And then because state is kind of a weird thing because it's the conglomeration of all different styles and all different judging preferences. There were lots of kids who the first time they powered in the season was at state. And that's really cool. Yes. I really like that. So it was just, it was just a lovely day all around. I agree. Yeah. There's not a lot to harp about. No, which is weird. My only complaints were that Jim Disrude never brought me a bloomin, and that that giant bird ruined my cake. Well, <sighs> if that's the worst of it, yeah, then I'm I'm pretty good. Yeah, I was in, almost cursed there. Don't want to cuss shape. on the on the cast. Yeah, we're in good shape. Then. We did it, but yeah. now and then for a lot of you, your season is done now. Yeah. Uh, there are some of us who have one more qualifier next weekend, but we're doing it all together. So I still mm-hmm. get to see some of our friends yeah. and yeah. So our season, we did it. You, this, listening to this podcast is your reward. We are, <laughs> I'm fist pumping in excitement, patting yourself on the back. Yeah. Great job. You did exactly. it. Um, so just to cap off the recap. Capping the recap. Capping the recap. We have to say congratulations to James Madison Memorial, our yep. Division One team champions. Tenth year in a row. To Wanakee High School, our Way Division go, Two guys. champions. Congrats. That's fantastic. Um, did not see that coming. No. But super happy to hear yeah, a name that you're one. not used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, congratulations, guys. That's amazing. And then a very special congratulations to friend of the pod. <laughs> Mr. Antonio Trinidad of St. Lawrence Seminary for coaching the Division Three team champions and at least three state champions that I counted yeah. in individual categories because mm-hmm. he had pros, Frago, Frago and, and Gerpen Terp. Terp. So congratulations, he Antonio. He is a force. Yep. You've, you've done incredible work with those boys. Um, and those boys did incredible work to make the day happen yep. the way that it did. So mm-hmm. great job to everybody Congratulations. We love you all. You are all inspiration. Yes. Speaking of inspirations, we decided that we want it because the season is over and now everyone's getting into that place where you have to decide like, okay, I need to ease myself out of forensic brain. But for most of us, that never comes. Your forensic brain doesn't shut off. And I think Kurt and I are very good testaments to that because we're almost always thinking about forensics, Mm -hmm. talking about forensics. And so we just wanted to talk to you about the things that inspire us as coaches that sort of seep into our forensics lives. Yeah. And they are completely not forensics related and they're kind of like sort of odd, weird things. Yeah. In some cases. Yeah. For sure. Mostly in mine. I was going to say at least one of 
At least yeah. one of my things is forensics adjacent. Yeah. Um, but why don't, why don't so you go first? Mine. Why don't okay. you go first? I'll do mine that's the least forensics adjacent. Okay. Uh, when I first started coaching, and I've talked about this before, the biggest struggle for me was figuring out how to block things and where to come up with interesting, visually dynamic, original blocking. And the place where I found the most inspiration is hip hop choreography class videos on YouTube, which are a guilty pleasure. I mean, that's where my mind went. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I've always been very interested in dance, despite not being a like classically trained dancer or someone who considers themselves an excellent dancer. But I really like watching those videos because it's a great way to see what people are doing with their body that is dynamic Mm -hmm. because the thing, the reason we have blocking is to make a performance more dynamic for its audience. And so a lot of times in these videos, people are dancing in small groups doing like simultaneous choreography. And so it can be a really great way to see two people doing something with their body that is visually interesting and figuring out how you might be able to interpret that into something like a duo or a group interp. And yeah, it's just a really like the, the way that my brain processes things. I'm like, ooh, so I saw that person doing the, that thing with their leg, and that could be really interesting because there's not a lot of like duo choreography that no. works like with people doing things with their legs. So, hmm. yeah, a lot of my things are very like visual cue related. You'll find, but yeah, that's my that's my weirdest one is me watching hip hop okay. choreography videos. <laughs> if well, you great. need any suggestions, email us and I'll send you some links. <laughs> It's also where I find out where the cool kid music is. <laughs> nice. The cool kid music. <laughs> yep. Kids these days. The youths and their tunes. Ah, youths. <laughs> All right, Kurt, what do you got? Um, I'm going to start my list with uh, something that we've sort of touched on when we talked about podcasts, but I'm going to talk about the show The West Wing. Um, this is something that inspires me as a coach because one of the missions of the WFCA, as it states in our bylaws, is to uh, prepare kids to partake in a democratic society. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons I love watching The West Wing is that it is such a model for how uh, people should act in a democratic society. It's be informed. It's be articulate. Um, it is listen, compromise. Uh, always listen to the smartest person in the room, work hard to try to be the smartest person in the room, Mm -hmm. never assume you're the smartest person in the room. Uh, No character on that show is perfect. They all have their quirks, uh, but they work together so well to achieve things. And when I watch that show, I just think like, that's the type of person I want to be. And it's the type of person that I want my students to grow into. And so it, for me, it's it's an aspirational experience to watch The West Wing. Um, and also it's entertaining, and I understand that a lot of it is fake. But the the notion of, of just really smart people running government and being thoughtful and wise and kind, um, it's just a really, I've needed it recently. Mm-hmm. I've needed it. So, yeah. um, and, and I like to think that those are the types of people that forensics puts out into the world. I would, I would hope that's what we're doing or at least what we're trying to do. Which character do you, do you aspire most to be? I, I, I've lived my whole life trying to be Charlie Young. And someone oh. once told me that I was a white female Charlie Young and I actually got emotional. That's, so I, all I want in life compliment. is to be Charlie Young. Um, I would like to be the male CJ Craig. 
That's exactly what I would have picked for you. Yeah, so good job. That's, that's, Yay us. That's me. Yeah. Subverting stereotypes. <laughs> uh, so my next one is something that is kind of forensics obvious for some of you, but I watch it and get things from it for different reasons. And it's the button poetry like conglomerate. So button poetry was originally a uh, like printing group mm-hmm. for uh, like small unsigned poets out of uh, Minnesota. And then they started a YouTube channel, I think two and a half years ago where they post videos from poetry slams of all poets of different levels of notoriety. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. And as slam poetry and performance poetry has become more popular in the interp world, more of these authors are becoming like synonymous with our categories. You can go mm-hmm. into poetry around, you're going to see someone performing these things. But one of the reasons I enjoy watching it is because watching those performers and seeing how they engage their audience and like seeing the actual interpretation level of it, watching uh, the body language that they're using as they're talking and how they, they're speaking into a microphone. So they're not necessarily moving around in the classic forensics way, but just the way that they're carrying themselves while they're speaking and also focusing so much on the timbre of their voices and the rhythm of with which what they're speaking is really important because Anyone can read poetry, but so few people can perform it. Right. And so it's a really great tool for me when a student necessarily doesn't like get poetry. You can show them someone performing and it being engaging and enjoyable and sometimes fun and other times heartbreaking. And so I really enjoy watching it because I am a poetry nerd, but also because it's a great way for me to learn body cues and whatnot and be able to show them to other people because... All I think about is body language. Is body yadi yadi language. Body yadi language. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be a horrible title for this episode. But we won't do it. We won't do it. <laughs> we'll talk about body yadi yadi when we finish recording this and watch Drag Race with our friends. Yes. All right. Um, all right. So my next thing is, uh, and this is the one that's probably the most forensics adjacent, which is mm-hmm. Broadway. Um, Broadway. Broadway and really like theater in general, like mm-hmm. watching live performances, watching actors get up and do their thing um, with all the trappings of theater, uh, which we don't have in forensics, like is such an inspiration for me. Um, I just love seeing stories come to life. And that's yeah. why it's why I love forensics and it's why I love theater. I like the, the whole notion of being able to transport somebody to another time and place uh, just through your performance is, is I just, I'm in love with it. I yeah. love it so much, even when I'm not in love with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, sometimes I'm not, sometimes I don't love a show. Sometimes I think it's being done poorly. Um, but even with those things that I don't like, I still just like love that theater happens. I love that it's an art form. I love it as an art form. Um, and I, when I get, bummed out or low on motivation for forensics, often the thing that feeds me is theater, whether that's going and doing some theater work myself. It's where I learn a lot Mm -hmm. because um, I learn a lot from guest directors that we get here in Sheboygan, uh, just different styles of teaching and and directing. Uh, I learn a lot as a performer just from getting up on stage. I learn a lot of empathy for students because it reminds me that like, Oh mm-hmm. yeah, when you have to memorize something and get up in front of people and present it and take, uh, you know, notes from somebody else about how you should be doing something differently, like it it reminds me that sometimes that process is hard yeah. and emotionally challenging. Uh, so I get I get so much out of being involved in theater and going to see 
really great theater. And I will also say that, again, it's the type of people that I'm trying to create in the world. Um, You look at the people who are celebrities, in quotations, Mm -hmm. in the Broadway world, and just how well they treat their fans and how engaged they are with people. Um, That's the type of of people, again, that I want to send out into the world is like folks who, who know how to have a genuine conversation with somebody. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that Broadway is a really good example for the most part of the type of people that I want to, I want to be around and I want to put out into the world. Very nice. All right. My last thing on the list, which we could list plenty of them, but we each yeah. only did three are stand-up comedy specials, which may sound strange but again it's along the same lines of what you were talking about with live theater it's watching people put themselves out there and on the line especially the sort of stand-up comedy that's really coming into fashion and on trend right now where it's very vulnerable it's very self-deprecating and just watching like how someone commands a stage Mm -hmm. and yes it's a huge stage and there's lots of lights and sometimes there's production but for most of them it is just them and a microphone and maybe a stool with some water on it. Right. But it's just <laughs> all they are commanding with is themselves. And so taking note of the body language in that and also the comedic timing. And it's not just in the in the realm of like solo humorous. I'm speaking in the whole forensic genre. I remember watching the very first Donald Glover special that ever came to Comedy Central. And he was just so expressive with his body in a way that I never noticed before. And then I went to go to Solo Hum and we were having trouble with like a character. And so I just remembered him doing something really strange with his body where it was just very wiggly and his shoulders were very humped. Mm -hmm. And so that became that character and it went really well. But it also was great in the terms of writing an oratory when you are trying to convince people and cinema comedians are trying to convince you that they're funny Mm -hmm. and they're trying to convince you to care about the fact that they're funny. And so oratory is trying to convince someone to pay attention to what you are trying to change about the world. And so that has bled very heavily into how I teach those things to students. And it seems kind of weird, but some of you are like, oh, yeah, I totally get that. And the rest of you are like, Melissa, crazy. No, I told, I'm on the side that totally gets that. Okay, I thank think, you. I think it's, it's a really good That's example. That's our friends. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, all right, my last thing, HGTV. I'm so interested. Why? <laughs> well, first of all, it's just something that makes me feel better, like it's personally. True. And maybe this is something that other people don't share, but, you know, I figure I'm a pretty typical forensics personality. So, <laughs> Are like, you? I think so. Okay. Like, I don't know. I think that's why I get along so well with so many other coaches. I think like, I'm atypical. I'm people a, just you know, think I'm interesting. Like we just have a, I'm a pretty typical forensics person. Um, <laughs> so like one, I love it because uh, those, those, the shows that are on HGTV, except for the ones where they're just buying things. I do not like the house hunters ones. Cause it's like, wow. <laughs> I like the ones where they are seeing potential in something that isn't, necessarily evident they put the work into it they understand that um building a strong foundation is important but that so are aesthetics like having something be beautiful has value um and so working on it from both the inside and the outside and then bringing their creativity to solve problems 
this I feel is like the arc of every HGTV like renovation show. And that's what I enjoy seeing that creative process that how are we going to solve problems? Uh, Recognizing that like the way something looks is important because you want to make good first impressions. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, especially when it comes to real estate and decorating, it's, you know, how something looks on the outside is often a representation of how well it's been taken care of structurally. Um, And so all of that to me is just like a really nice metaphor for the work that we put into forensics. Uh, And, and also like, again, I just like, it sparks my creativity. It's, it sparks a different side of my creative brain to see people doing things that are visually artistic uh, versus, you know, writing and acting and performing that we do in forensics. And so it kind of, it just lights up uh, similar but different pleasure centers for me. So um, I always, and and the other thing, again, because everything I've talked about has also been about the people. (laughs) Like, I think HGTV was so ahead of its time in representing diversity. Yes, I have definitely had, maybe you and I have had this conversation. (laughs) The fact that like, a decade ago, I was watching shows on HGTV where like two gay men were buying a house and fixing it up. And like they were obviously a couple and obviously gay men. And they mm-hmm. like and were represented and, as yeah, such. And yeah. like and it just wasn't addressed. It just was who they were. And like lesbian couples and people of every race and creed and background and sometimes language. You see it all on HGTV. And I, I love that. And again, it's what I want the people in forensics to both be and to seek out and to appreciate. And, and I love that about HGTV. It's just the diversity of race, religion, creed, background, sexuality. I love it. See my, see now my inspiration sound really selfish compared to yours. Cause all of yours are like, I'm putting better people out into society. And I'm like, I want to be a good coach. So I have good students. Well, I think we're just coming at it from, we're both looking at the same side of the coin <laughs> or like, like it's not, it's not even like different two sides of the same coin. Like we're looking at the same side of the coin. Okay. Like, if you say so, but we would love to, you, you aspire to be a good coach for the benefit of your students. Yeah. Like, I don't get why else, from it. Why else would you want to be yeah. a good coach? If you didn't, I'm in if, it for the money. Say, obviously. If you didn't care about the kids, we're you just all here for the money. Yeah, you just wouldn't do it. If you didn't care about the kids and, and putting them out in the world to be yeah. stronger, better. Faster, stronger. But if you have Um, things that inspire you, as we are all now going into our off season, with the exception of the NSDA qualifier and the nationals tournaments, mm -hmm. we'll have downtime to watch things that inspire us. So please let us know if you've watched a documentary or if there's another podcast or something that you are enjoying that inspires you. Let us know so that we can check it out and see if it inspires us as well. Absolutely. And speaking of going into the off season... This is going to be our last episode for a while, guys. That's I'm okay. sorry, but also I can't be sorry at all. Yeah. No, we've, we've so enjoyed uh, this season of Forensics Faces, and um, we, we've loved getting to talk to so many of you guys about yes. the podcast. Like It's the first season where we've really engaged with a lot of listeners, mm-hmm. and we love that. And we don't want that to stop. So now that the season is over, um, you know... If you're one of those people who's already reached out, thank you so much. If you're one of those people who hasn't, but has some thoughts on how we did or how we can improve or topics that you want us to talk about, like really, really seriously, please write to us. Please do. We just got a beautiful email this we morning. We so did. Yeah, for this I, morning. I loved it. Me too. 
Agreed. Like we, we just so love hearing from you guys and hearing your perspectives when we talk about something on the podcast that you disagree with, or we're happy to hear somebody else say, um, we just, we love hearing from you. We are doing this for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, part of it is because Kurt and I like to talk about forensics and we feel true. really official doing it around <laughs> these microphones, but yeah, also we, we really are doing this to help bring our community a little bit closer and make our world just a tiny bit smaller. Yes. So thank you for being brave enough to say hello when you recognize us. Um, and we, we love it. Yes. Even, even though I always feel very socially awkward when somebody oh, is like, are you that so person bad. from forensics faces? I'm just like this moron who's like, uh, duh, <laughs> duh, yeah, uh, yes. yes, that's me. Um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll have another episode. We'll do a recap of the spring meeting and anything that sort of Probably. comes out of the pipe. Let's down. not make any promises. I know, but we're, I'm hoping that we do because <laughs> I know it's going to be interesting and we hope to do something around the nationals tournaments, but yeah, we're going to. We're going to listen to the Skylar sisters and take a break. Yes. So everybody uh, watch your podcast feeds. Things w will drop sporadically. Um, and then we will be, we'll be back for another series in the near future. Yes, we promise. Forensics Faces is recorded and edited in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Our theme song was written and performed by J.J. Hammeister. If you're a fan of Forensics Faces, please give us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those ratings really do help people find our podcast. More information is available at ForensicsFaces.com, and you can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter by searching Forensics Faces. I'm Kurt. And I'm Melissa, encouraging you to listen, think, and speak. Preferably in that order. Preferably in that order.